A house is made of wood and stone, but only love can make a home. Welcome to the Repco Light Home Improvement Show, helping you make your home into one you'll love even more. On News Radio Wood 1300 and 1069 FM. Well, good morning, everybody. Happy Saturday. Happy quarantine edition of the Repco Light Home Improvement Show. Dan and I are both in quarantine. So I'm broadcasting from my bunker (laughs) at home. Actually, I'm in my closet. Yeah, it's the place that I could find the best sound possible where, you know, all the hanging clothes deaden some of the echo, the reverb. So hopefully the audio quality is all right. But don't worry, even if it's not, we've got a solution because... I've got an interview that I recorded several weeks before that just hasn't aired yet with Haley Johnson from Benjamin Moore talking about the color of the year for 2020 and the entire color palette. It's great info, and she just walks through all the colors and talks about where you might want to use them in your home. It's a lot of fun. And I've also got a final segment where we're going to talk about some home theater stuff. I actually got into the home theater thing. And I did it for under 500 bucks, and I'm going to tell you how you could do it too. But before we get to all of that, I'm going to air an old segment from a couple of years ago about how the Charlie Brown Christmas special destroyed an entire product line. Yeah, you know, that is one of my all-time favorite Christmas specials Mm -hmm. out there, the Charlie Brown Christmas special. But the poor aluminum trees that Lucy loved so much, man, they disappeared after that special came out. Yeah, the the little special painted a bullseye around these aluminum Christmas trees and took Specifically, them out. the pink aluminum trees. Yeah, they're gone. <laughs> Here's the deal. We found a great article written by David Murray yeah. from last December. Mm-hmm. And we th- we'll link to it in the show notes, mm-hmm. but we thought we'd talk about it here because it was very interesting. He yeah. talks about the entire history behind the aluminum trees and then how the Charlie Brown special, which aired in 1965, actually took these trees down. Yeah, the poor little Christmas trees. So let's go back a little bit. You know, people originally had real Christmas trees, and then all of a sudden, I think it was like 58 or something, they started producing some of these aluminum Christmas trees. You know, just something Something a little bit different. Space-agey and awesome. Yes. Super awesome. The newest thing. But it goes back a little further because Murray mentions in his article, uh, Popular Science Magazine had a little blurb, and we dug it up. We found Mm -hmm. it online. It's from 1937. 38. 1938. Yeah. But they recommended in Popular Science Magazine <laughs> that you get your little insect killer mm-hmm. sprayer, you know, little pump-up sprayer that they yep. missed the garden stuff with and kill the bugs. Yep. You get that and you fill it up with bright aluminum, oil-based, lead-based paint and just spray that on your tree. And it'll give it the molten A molten aluminum. silver look. Yes. Which everybody wants. So think about that. We are spraying a real tree. Now, the tree yeah. itself is quite flammable. Yes. You know, as that Mm -hmm. dries out, it becomes more and more so. Right. Now we're going to coat it with an oil-based product. Okay, that seems flammable. Mm -hmm. And it's lead-based on top of it because Uh it's the 30s. And we're putting it on with a little sprayer that mists it into the air. Right, so now you're inhaling (laughs) aluminum and lead and all the fumes from the oil. Yeah. Yeah, great. Sometimes you wonder what people were thinking. I'm so surprised that people lived through eras like that. <laughs> Maybe know. they were tougher because of it. Well, that Maybe is Maybe we're entirely really possible. soft now. Mm. But anyway, we would never recommend that. That no. seems like a really no. dumb idea. But the idea of having mm. a molten silver tree seemed to be this lurking need right. in the American public. Yeah. And so in the 50s, it was finally realized in a less deadly manner yes. when they came up with these aluminum trees. Although 
there's a recommendation or a requirement that you'd not use electrical lights yeah. because mm. doing so could end up also in death yeah. by electrocution <laughs> yes. this time. <laughs> so yeah, that would be disastrous. You don't want that. No. But these trees came out in the 50s or so and were wildly popular. Yeah, children of the 60s are going to be very familiar with these particular if aluminum trees. If they can trees. remember them. Yes. The 60s were a crazy time. <laughs> Wow. Yes. Yes, they were. Well, but these aluminum trees, you know, they're kind of like tin foil almost yeah. for the, the little branches. And it goes together much like a fake tree now does. You right. just put them in the little center point. But poor Charlie Brown, you know, he goes to find this other tree. and Because he's putting on a play and the right. play is not coming off the way he wants it. Right. And Lucy talks about how, hey, Charlie Brown, Christmas is commercial. That's what it is. Right. You got to just wrap your brain around that. He doesn't like that. Right. No, I need something different. Mm-hmm. So he goes to this lot being told to get a pink aluminum tree. Right. Well, and let's think about what was happening in the 60s at that particular time. You've got the assassination of JFK. Mm-hmm. You've got Vietnam. Vietnam and everyone's up in arms about that. And then Charlie Brown's Christmas special comes out and they make a point of targeting all of that negativity that we're experiencing yep. and they focused it laser directed <laughs> on the aluminum Christmas tree, which right. I don't recommend because if you shoot a laser at aluminum foil, it's going to bounce back and hit you in the eyes. Yes. But the point is they directed all of this frustration and they kind of wrapped up what was wrong with America and Christmas and the world in general. Right. They kind of tied it around an aluminum Christmas tree and that the answer was to go back to the real deal, even if it was the scrawny little tree. Well, and people in that time period were looking for something nostalgic, something that took them back to a happier time in their lives, something that made it feel homey. And for most people, you know, the parents of the kids in the 60s, that was a real Christmas tree. And so you saw them ditching All the of aluminum a sudden, trees. a huge resurgence. So this yep. market that ballooned and became right. incredibly yep. popular, the aluminum Christmas tree market, deflated right. almost instantaneously thanks yes. to Charlie Brown. I can imagine going to work the day after that Christmas <laughs> special aired and working yeah. for this aluminum Christmas tree company and realizing uh-huh. we just got targeted on national television. Oh, this isn't going to be good. Yeah. And it wasn't. Well, but what's funny is that now things are shifting back towards mm-hmm. aluminum Christmas trees. They're resurging. And I think it's it's the exact same reason. Yeah. It's because we live in a world that's full of all this anxiety and mm-hmm. who knows what's happening. And so we tend to want to have this nostalgic right. look back. Yep. And we think of the 60s and the 50s and those, that era as being a calmer, more understandable time. And we want to revert back to the feelings we had in our childhood. You know, for me, right. I wasn't born yet, but I know my uncle, one of his uh-huh. big wants on his Christmas list was an aluminum Christmas tree. Yeah, because he was a child of the 60s and that feels like home to him. That's the comfortable place. So yeah, it is crazy. Everything goes in cycles. Everything comes back around. It's just a fun Christmas it's story. It's a fun Christmas story. Now, all right, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, Haley Johnson from Benjamin Moore is talking colors of the year. That's all coming up next. Stay tuned. Helping you turn your house into your dream home. This is the Repco Light Home Improvement Show, presented by Benjamin Moore on News Radio Wood 1300 and 1069 FM. And we're back, and I am joined in the studio with Haley Johnson from Benjamin Moore. Haley, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. You keep coming back. I should I, I should just be honest. <laughs> we you you never left. 
we record. <laughs> the illusion is shattered. I know, I know. But I keep playing out like, oh, you're back again. But really, we've just been recording all on one day. You drive down, we record a number of segments. Yeah. And then we play them over the span of a couple of months. I the can't believe is shattered. Yeah. you did that. All right. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Fair I enough. I've been here the, the whole curtain. time. Yeah. Anyway, thanks for staying. You know, at least I could have walked out. That's true. I, I did. I gave you that option <laughs> after we finished the last one. Are you done? You said, I think I can do one more. Yeah. All right. So what we want to talk about are the Benjamin Moore color trends for 2021, you know, and the color of the year. The color of the year of is course. a G and teal. And Betsy and I, uh, on a past episode, had kind of covered right when it came out. You know, we want to sure. talk about it and where you might use it. But we really didn't get into the whole color palette that's available. And you had a really interesting approach. When I pitched this idea, I said, I'd really like to dig into color of the year a little more in depth. Right. And then you had this idea where you wanted to describe the colors and what they reminded you of and where you might use them. And then you gave a great example of one of them. And I thought it was great. And I said, let's do it. And then I sat down to try to make my notes. And I realized I have nothing. nothing. <laughs> this I color means it. nothing to me. <laughs> I just, everything I came up with sounded so dumb. Oh, no. So what do you think? You're going to have to carry this one. All right. Well, I mean, dumb could be good, too. Maybe. <laughs> There's a special kind of dumb that I bring that my kids would tell you it's, it's not good. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. Well, chime in here a little bit. But yeah, I like the idea of just describing color a little bit. That's kind of how I like to direct people when they're picking colors anyways, is mm-hmm. just kind of describing what I'm seeing there, what we're looking at. And I think oftentimes that's all people really need to attach themselves to a color, to rule it out even. And, and I should interrupt because I will repeatedly anyway. But we'll have all of these colors in our show notes. So if you want to go there yes. right now, unless you're driving. <laughs> don't do that. Yeah, don't, don't just imagine. But if you're at home and you want to check them out while Haley's going through them, and I'm interjecting with yes. great points, <laughs> you can find them at repcolite.com. Perfect. Um, so the first one that you see in the little color of the year booklet is atrium white, which is a brighter white, but it's soft. It's mm-hmm. toned down with a little bit of pink to it, and it just kind of glows in that way. I love seeing this in rooms because of what it does to light, and I guess that's the best way to describe it. It just sort of glows. So when you say pink, mm-hmm. there's there's people that are automatically <laughs> yeah, it's out. tossing it out. Right. Not a lot of pink. Not a lot of pink. And you could probably Very balance subtle. that with other colors in the room, right? right. You can minimize that If you've already impact. got warm tones in the room it's not gonna seem so extreme you might not even see the pink honestly but because i'm a color person i'm Mm -hmm. trained to see those undertones it's obvious to me um where it might not be as obvious to other people but it's the kind of color that i'd want like in my bedroom or even Mm -hmm. a kitchen and just like start my day with this nice warm neutral kind of glowy white the next one that you'll see is muslin And this is honestly a classic color, and it's perfectly named for that reason, too. I just think of, like, the nice neutral muslin fabric. See, that's the first one I started with, and that's all I could come up with. Fabric. Yeah. (laughs) And I thought, well, I'm going to just rely on somebody else to come up with. And that's what you came up with. No, it's true. I mean, it reminds me of a color that some woman that just effortlessly wears those, like, linen clothes either you know gardening or you're going out to a cafe like that's who i picture is like that's very the part effortless. i never would have come up with so where would you use it this could be everywhere honestly yes yeah everywhere a nice background backdrop yep. 
for anything. It's I mean, a you can perfect bring neutral. Lots of colors in. Yeah. In smaller areas or in other things and accessories, things like that. Because it's lighter. It's a very light neutral and it's very balanced. We're not talking about a beige that's going to lean pink. It's not going to lean yellow. Right. It's very balanced in that way. It right. does but have it's not cool either. It doesn't gray. lean towards. Right. It's not going to go cool blue. gray or yeah. anything like that. Yeah. The next one is foggy morning. <laughs> See, you, do you know what I thought of when I saw that? Well, actually, I thought of fog with a different one. Like, I think it was gray cashmere, which we'll get to. I yeah. thought, you know what I see there? I see like a Fog. foggy morning. And then, and then I got to foggy morning and I thought, I'm done. <laughs> so what do you see with foggy morning? Well, I foggy guess describe morning. the color first. So it's a very warm off-white. Um, it's kind of in a similar family as Atrium, actually, where it's just sort of tipping its hat towards pink a little bit. And it does have some more gray that's present in foggy morning. And I don't really know how to classify it necessarily. It's not really a beige. It's not really a gray. It's kind of a color all on its own. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why it's so interesting. I would love to use this in a space. Again, I could see it in a bedroom because it has just that hint of blush. Even in a bathroom, it could be nice for that reason. It's a neutral color, but it has some interest to it. Well, and something else, there's definitely a pink undertone to this one. Yes. It's more visible than atrium white. Right. But that doesn't necessarily have to be a deal breaker either. No. And it can be used in any space, even in a masculine setting. It's true. Because we've seen that with the previous color of the year. Yeah, first light. Which was first light. That one was definitely a pink. Yes, that was was a pink. (laughs) Yeah, and with the right balancing colors. It can work. It can really work in any setting. So, you know, don't let the pink part of that... Right. You know, and this you... is really not like bubblegum pink undertone, right? It's just right, like right. Very, a very subtle soft. blush. It's like if the color got embarrassed. Next is, what is it? Rosy peach. It just looks like a very young color to me, but it looks like a color that you can kind of sink your teeth into a little bit. And I think it's well named for that reason because it's not a red that's jarring, mm-hmm. right? And it's not really like a super orangey color either. It doesn't kind of make me want to look away like some reds do. Like it's too much to mm-hmm. look at. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't rest my eyes on it for a very long time. But with rosy peach, I can really keep sinking into that color for a long time. So where would you put this one? Because it is a lot of color at this point. You know, we've moved away from the color. neutrals to something that's um, there's much more there. I think if you're a person that's not afraid of color... I can see this in a living room personally. I can see it in a living room that's bringing in some of those like high desert colors almost. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe you have some white accents. And that's part of the conversation around color, too. If you're a person that brings in a lot of color with your accessories, then neutrals make sense for you on the wall. But for some people, their accessories are the neutrals. So sure. bringing in a color is the color that they're bringing into the space. So I don't think anyone should be scared off by it. But I also see it even in an office. I mean, it's kind of an invigorating color. Mm -hmm. I'm definitely not going to get sleepy with this color around. It's nice. It's warm. But it does have some life to it. It feels young. Right. Rosy peach. What do you got next? This one is Beacon Hill Damask. It's a muted yellow. And it's kind of accepting a touch of gray. This is a different kind of yellow. It's not your typical gold. Um, It's not your pale, you know, Easter egg color yellow. This is very unique in that it does have just a little bit of gray to it. So it feels almost like a neutral 
in a space. But it also feels very vintage to me. This looks like a color that I would have in like a country setting. Mm -hmm. I would have like friends over for brunch and this color would be in the dining room and the kitchen. It just feels like that kind of color where it would be out in the country somewhere in like a vintage farmhouse. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Easy to work with, I would think. It does have that leaning towards yellow a little bit. Mm -hmm. But like you said, not a lot of it. And yellow is strong. Yes. So in, you know, certain exposures, the yellow probably is really going to jump out at you. Yeah. It depends on where the light comes in. If you've got like the eastern exposure, you're definitely going to see more of the warm tones versus like a northern exposure where you're going to see more of the gray come out of it. Mm-hmm. But it would probably be good in a northern exposure because normally though that cools yep. all your colors down. It you does. Know, the way the light comes in. And this and helps bring in the spectrum that you're missing. Right. Exactly. So that's Beacon Hill Damask. What's next? Potter's Clay. And this one, you know. This looks like foundation makeup that the kids spill <laughs> no. all over the counter. That's what it looks no. like to me. No? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> Unless you're going for like the spray tan oompa loompa look, it's probably not your makeup color. (laughs) (laughs) All right, all right. So I swung and missed. Good try. I swung and missed. But I swung. That's the important thing. Added a little bit of humor to it. Yeah, I appreciate that. (laughs) My opinions. Yeah, that's the humor. So, so what would you see when you see this? Um, it's accurately named in that I really just see like a terracotta color. Oh, see, I was I was stretching to be a little more artsy. <laughs> yeah, so but, terracotta yeah, color. Yeah, it's like a terracotta orange. Um, but but a, a softer version. Exactly, of that. it's very muted. Again, this is one of those colors that, even though it is a lot of color, it can feel like a neutral because it's so balanced and because it's toned so well with that gray. And again, I think you could put it in a living room. You could put it in a dining room, and I see it with. A home that has some white accents they're already using. I can see it in a living room where they have a white couch. Maybe they've got some of those high desert colors. I see it in a room with dried flowers. I see it in a very warm, welcoming space, but it's definitely the color in the space, right? The other colors you're bringing in should be kind of muted. I see them as like the warmer whites or beiges. Sure. Or like the soft greens. All right. So. Some of us might think of it as foundation, as in makeup, for Oompa Loompas. <laughs> Others might think of it as a muted terracotta. Yeah. Yeah. You choose. All right. You choose. We're going to take a break, <laughs> and when we come back, we're going to go through the rest of the palette. Sounds good. And I'm going to bring more of my wisdom, and and Haley, you'll, you'll bring what you've got, too, right? All right. All right. We'll take a break, and we'll be right back. Stay tuned. If you want to take your DIY skills up a rung, the Repco Light Home Improvement Show is here to give you a boost on News Radio Wood 1300 and 1069 FM. Well, Haley, we've been talking about the Benjamin Moore color palette for 2021, and they release a palette of colors that work with it. Or, or, you know, it's and this just, is it, a great palette. It is, because everything on here is something that you can work with. Yeah. And that sounds really dumb to say, but that's not always the case, it's is true. it? It's <laughs> true. No. This one feels very cohesive, one, and it also feels accurate to colors that I've recommended already. 
sometimes I look at the palette and I'm like, I've never recommended that color in my life. <laughs> mm-hmm. But this time I can truly say in this next one, the Chestertown buff is one of those colors that I have recommended countless times as kind of a nice muted gold or yellow color. I can see it on a front door and that's I honestly where I've recommended it in the past is a front door color. If you the have exterior of mm-hmm, the front door. Yeah, or interior, I guess, like mm-hmm. we talked about before. But really, I think the front door being a yellow is so inviting. It's not the most popular front door color at this point. I think a lot of people have gotten away from the yellows. But there was a couple years, uh, maybe like three years ago, where yellows on the front door was like the color, um, especially if you had a gray house. Um, but I don't see any reason why you can't keep using yellow on the front door. I think it's a perfect inviting color. It's warm. And this isn't one of those golds that, again, is jarring. None of these colors are. These are all really soft. They remind me of those kind of sun-baked high desert colors Mm -hmm. in some ways. Yeah. So can you see this in the home on walls? Or is this more of an accent that you would use? Because there is a fair amount of, of depth to the color. I think that you could use it on the walls in the right space. I think most often with this color, I have seen it used as an accent. Mm-hmm. So what do we got next? The next one is Amazon Soil. Looks like dirt. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like the most natural version of a purple that I can think of because it doesn't scream purple, right? Like mm-hmm. I can actually see this color in nature as a purple and I'm not talking about a flower either because... I'll say, you know, irises are bright purple. Right. But this Amazon soil is one of those earthy purples where I could see it as kind of a grayed or a browned branch color. Right. And that's really where this one leans. Because when you say purple, that, again, just like when you mentioned pink on atrium white. Right. You know, people are probably picturing something different than what it is. It's, it's true. A very, very earthy color. Yes. And and it's dark, too. A lot of people aren't going to necessarily even see that purple. Right. Yeah. It's probably something that would have to be pointed out. Um, and then you'll never unsee it. Yes, that's it's true. Pointed out. <laughs> <laughs> it's it is, definitely a, it is like a brown gray kind of purple. But I think that's why it's so great, too. It doesn't look like overtly feminine in any ways. This looks like a masculine color mm-hmm. to me. I can see it go in a study room and I could even see it in an entryway. I mean, I'm kind of picturing this color next to like hand painted wallpaper, like something really decadent. It just feels like a rich color. Yeah, it's probably something I won't be using in my home. I don't have a lot of hand painted wallpaper. Fair enough. Around, I mean, we can all dream. Though. We can dream. <laughs> we can dream. So that's Amazon soil. The next one is gray cashmere, and this is the one this that looks like that, fog. Yeah. See, we were joking in the last segment. If you missed that, uh, Haley's idea was to describe these colors and what they meant to us and what we thought about them. And I started with gray cashmere, and I thought it looked like foggy morning. And then I went two colors down and saw there really was a foggy morning. So I decided I better just leave this to the experts. So what do you see when you see gray cashmere? Gray cashmere is a really lovely gray, and I've been recommending this color for a couple years now because it's just more interesting than your typical gray. Um, This isn't going to be the most neutral gray you've seen. It's going to lean towards kind of a Mm blue-green. It's a lighter gray, and I think it could be used in a lot of different spaces. 
I would love it in a bedroom or a living room because it's a color that I could honestly look at for hours. It's so interesting to me. It's one of those chameleon colors where depending on the light in the room, it's probably going to change a lot. I, yeah. Explain that a little bit. Chameleon colors, because I that has been I think it's a positive and I've, mm-hmm. I've run into a number of forums where it's, it's a negative where people ended up with the at certain lights, certain times it, it feels minty. Right. Right. There's that potential. Yeah, I guess that's true. It depends on the person. Some people are going to want the color to be their color. Um, people like me might love that it's that dynamic to where different times of the day it might look more blue and maybe at night when you have more of like the incandescent lighting going on, more of the green is pulled up. And to me, I think that's just really interesting. It helps the room stay dynamic mm-hmm. and there's just more to look at there. Um, but I think for some people, you're right. It is a downside. Right. What you'd want to do is make sure, especially, you know, of course, with any color, we always say test it out on your walls. Right. Look at it at different times of days, things like that. This for sure you'd want to check out. Yes, this would be very important too. All right. So gray cashmere, Kingsport gray. Kingsport gray. Kind of a muddy brown. Yeah, brown. brown. (laughs) Which sounds gross now. Like brown. (laughs) But it's. It is a nice brown. I mean, I'm not. I'm not necessarily the person that's going to tell people to paint their walls brown. I think. That's Do you something... tell them to paint their their walls anything? Well, no, is that's that how true. you roll? I usually am just asking questions. You just decree what and... colors people will use. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and you, sir, shall use Kingsport gray. gray, and you will like it. No, no, so you don't demand that. But I might reel someone back from using a brown if I think that it's going to look too heavy in a space. Okay. Or... And this doesn't seem like it would do that. No, it doesn't look like a heavy color. I think that it could be just a really rich color. And it's, again, something that pulls in a couple different directions, right? It does have quite a bit of gray in this color. So in specific lighting, this could really just look like a taupe. And I think that's probably what they're getting at with calling it a gray uh, it's not going to be like your orange or red brown. It's not going to lean super heavy in either direction, really. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really balanced. I could see it, I don't know, I guess in a study, like that's always where I'm going to think mm-hmm. of brown, right? right? It looks like an aged leather already, like one of those hard to find leathers where it doesn't get super orangey. Maybe it's dried out a little even, which is not ideal. Don't let your leather couch dry out. But but the color that comes up sometimes in those vintage leathers is really pretty. Uh Um, And it's not something that you can always hold on to. So I like that this color kind of makes me think of those leathers. All right. So Kingsport Gray, let's do Silhouette and then we'll end on Color of the Year. Okay. Silhouette. Silhouette. This honestly looks like a super expensive dark chocolate to me. And again, it's not really a brown either. It's right. kind of like a purpley brown gray color. It's not... Well, I think when you said the dark chocolate color, that right. really sums it up. You know, yeah. People can picture that. And you can like sink your teeth into this color. I just want to like take a nap in this color. <laughs> <laughs> it should be in like a library in the house. You fall asleep reading a book. Like that's what this color is yeah. to me. Yeah. Silhouette. A G and teal. The a, color of the year. Yes. The color of the year. And it's a well-picked color. Um, I think people 
have gotten like really into the psychology of this color. It's like very calming for 2020. Moving into 2021, everything's been so stressful. It does feel like a tranquil color. But I think above that even, it's just a nice color to look at. I Mm -hmm. mean, (laughs) I'm always going to love colors like this. And I've recommended blues that kind of tip their toe into green often because I think it just brings in more warmth to a space. Mm -hmm. And that's what Aegean Teal is doing. But this kind of reminds me of like a really fresh spring walk where the water is still really cold, but you're starting to see more of the blues and greens get Mm -hmm. pulled out of things again. Where would you put it? I mean, this could be anywhere. Honestly. And I I actually have it everywhere in my home on accident. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That was just entirely by accident. Not this particular exact color. But this tone. Yes. Well, yeah. it's pleasing, right? You it can is. really it put it in me. a lot of spaces. And I'm so interested to follow this color on Instagram to see all the different places that it lives because I've already seen it on kitchen islands, mm-hmm. bookshelves, front doors, in entire rooms. So it's really a color that you could use in so many different areas of the home and in so many different surfaces. I think it's going to be an exciting it one. It is cool because not not every year does Benjamin Moore pick what I think is. Yeah, I think some people are afraid of pink. Yeah, like the last pink one year. a couple of years ago, there was purple. There was Caliente, which yes, was a, a very strong bold red. red. Yeah, this is a palette that everybody can work with. Mm-hmm, it's and true. It doesn't matter, you know, really where you lean, whether you're trying to be more bold with your color choices. There's plenty here to work with. And if you're scared of going off the deep end yeah there's still plenty here to work with no it's true keep everything safe yes and looking great and connected right yeah and that's a good point to make too is that a lot of these colors could be used in a home together Mm -hmm. i mean they're a pretty harmonious palette here where you could really work in a lot of these colors together Right. You can check out the palette online. We've got it in our show notes. You can just Google Benjamin Moore Color Trends 2021. You can stop out at any Repcolite or Port City paint store and grab the Color Trends 2021 booklet. You don't even have to pay for it. You can grab it and go. Yeah, grab and go. There's not very many things in the store that you can grab and go without getting tackled on your way out. This is one of those. And it's going to give you a lot of ideas, too. I mean, they do a good job of showing you these colors in a lot of different spaces. Definitely check it out. Haley Johnson, hardware development rep for Benjamin Moore. Thanks for being here. Thank you. All right. Coming up after the break, we're talking home theaters. Stay right there. Helping you turn your house into your dream home. This is the Repco Light Home Improvement Show, presented by Benjamin Moore on News Radio Wood 1300 and 1069 FM. Well, this last segment, I want to talk about something that's always been interesting to me, but I've never been able to afford it home theater. And the, the, the really exciting thing right now is that I just jumped into it and I did it for under 500 bucks. Now, that's surprising to me. I did not expect to be able to do that. You know, uh, Betsy and I have talked about home theater on the show before in the past, I think a couple of years ago, and it was one of those segments that I really enjoyed on one hand because we talked about all kinds of great, exciting equipment to create this home theater experience for your family in your own home. I mean, who, who doesn't want that? That's really fun. But on the other hand, it was depressing because everything we talked about was so expensive or so specialized that there was no way I was going to be able to do it. 
You know, I remember one of the people we talked to had built their home with a home theater room specifically in mind. They designed a specific room in the home build that was a home theater space. I don't have that. I've got to live with and work with what I've got. And what I've got are rooms that are full of windows and no wall space to project onto one thing after another. It's just my home is not set up for this beautiful home theater experience. And so I've kind of figured it's just not something that I'll ever really be able to pull off. Well, here's the deal. You can pull it off because I just did. And I'm so excited about the results. I want to talk about it here. The main thing that you're going to need when it comes to any home theater experience that you're trying to create is a projector and a screen. Those are the two basics. Then you need something, some kind of device to get your your movie or whatever that is to the projector. Now, you can do that in a couple of different ways. Blu-ray players, you just run the cable instead of running the cable to the TV you run it to the projector, same cable, that HDMI cable. Uh, A lot of the projectors will allow for various inputs. You know, it doesn't have to be just HDMI, but that would be one way to do it. Uh, A lot of people have Fire Sticks or Roku devices, things like that. Those can also be run directly into the projector. So you're going to need something like that. I didn't have a Blu-ray player at this point, and I needed one. So that was part of my whole purchase. So between the Blu-ray player the projector that I bought, the screen that I needed, and all the cables that I had to buy to make this all work, I did that for 499 bucks. So you can get into it and you don't have to drop tons and tons of money. So let's talk about the components that I bought and I will put links to all of these in the show notes so you can check them out if you're interested. Now the projector is the main thing right off the bat. That's, if that doesn't work, you know, of course, what's, what's the whole point? So I spent years looking at all the different projectors that are out there, and I realized very quickly that I couldn't afford any of the ones that seemed to be what the experts recommended, so I discarded the whole idea and put it away. Well, I revisited it about a week ago, and I finally started looking for budget projectors, because I figured there's got to be something that's good enough. You know, I'm so busy spending my time trying to get the very best, which I never can get, so I never experience any of this. And I finally decided maybe I should just look at something that's adequate. Maybe I can find the best possible thing in a certain price range. And when I looked for best budget projectors, two of them really rose to the top of the list. And they were recommended by the users who were using them as well as professionals who review the equipment all the time. And the two that rose to the list, and don't worry about the names, but I'll give them to you just because it'll help differentiate. Well, The first one was the Vankio V630, V-A-N-K-Y-O, V630. And the second one was the Yaber V6, Y-A-B-E-R V6. Again, those names probably mean nothing to you. They meant nothing to me. But I've got links in the show notes. It's just a couple of brands and a couple of different, very specific projectors that were recommended as the best budget projectors you can buy. Both were under 300 bucks. The one that I bought, I bought the Yaber V6, and it was on sale at that point for 240 So I got it for 240 And we plugged it in the other night, ran it for the first couple of times, and I was blown away by the quality of the image. It works quite well in low lighting. So we had a couple of lights on it at night, and the image was good, you know, definitely passable. 
it was way better when we turned the lights off for a full movie experience. If you want to be able to keep the lights on or you want to watch movies during the daytime or sports or whatever, you need to go to a, a higher end projector. This is simply something that will break out for movie nights at our home, generally in the wintertime, because in the summer we're busy doing other stuff. And in our situation, the room that I'm in will be plenty dark when we want to run that movie, and it's going to look amazing, because it did. We were I was blown away, and I'm so picky about the quality of the image. I had a bright, clear picture, super sharp, and I really couldn't have been more happy. I was stunned that I was getting that quality from a $240 projector, but the projector is just part of it. I needed the screen as well. And if you've got a wall in your home that you can project onto, Repcolite makes movie night paint. That's definitely something to consider. If you've got a large area, a wall that you can paint a screen onto, this is the paint to use for that. It's designed to give you the best image possible. You can get more information on that at any of our stores. I didn't have a space for that, so I needed a screen. There are a couple options out there that are remarkably inexpensive. There's wall-mounted or ceiling-mounted screens that just pull down. You can get those for about 80 bucks. I bought one of those old-fashioned tripod portable screens, like you'd think of when, when it slides night at grandma's house. You know, that kind of a screen, except they're rectangular now instead of square. So I bought that for 120 bucks, and again, between the screen and the projector, I've only spent $340 at that point. If you have a Blu-ray player or an Amazon Fire Stick or a device like that, you don't need to spend anymore. For $340, you can create a really nice, really fun movie theater experience in your home. So simple, so quick. But if you do need a Blu-ray player or a streaming device, you, you'll want to look into that. Blu-ray players, just so you know, don't stream Disney+. Plus. A lot of Blu-ray players will stream uh, various uh, online services. You know, Amazon Prime, you got to make sure that yours will stream Amazon Prime. Uh, Netflix, things like that. Turns out they don't stream Disney+. Plus. If you want to watch The Mandalorian, which is one of the main reasons we bought it for, uh, we're going to need to use the Fire Stick. But we've got that. It's just a device... If you're not familiar with what a Fire Stick is or what a Roku device is, they're just a, a streaming device that you can you plug into your TV via an HDMI cable, or you can plug it directly into the projector. The projector that we bought, and, and all of them have speakers built into them for the most part. Uh, they're not great, but they will do the job depending on the space of the room. I happen to have an old surround sound system that we hadn't been using, and I was able to configure that and make that work. But those are things you can get to down the road, you know, working out the sound system and all of that. Even uh, computer speakers would be something you could run out of the projector to really boost the sound if you needed to do that. And I really can't recommend jumping into this enough. We have had so much fun in just the little bit that we've tried it. I'm blown away at the quality, stunned that I was able to do this for under 500 bucks. If you don't need the Blu-ray or the, the streaming devices, you can do it for 340 bucks. Gotta check it out. I'll put links in the show notes. You can look at the different projectors right from there, make some decisions, and who knows, maybe you jump into it this Christmas season. Now, that's it. That's all the time we've got. I've got to give you the password for the contest because we're giving away a bunch of games, paint, supplies, all of that. It's going to wrap up next week. We're going to announce the winner. So you want to get out to repcolite.com, click the banner on the homepage. You can enter the contest in any number of different ways. And one of the options is going to be for the December 12 
Repcolite Home Improvement Show reindeer name. And if you enter the correct reindeer name, you're going to get five free entries. And the correct reindeer name is Blitzen. So head to RepcoLite.com, click the banner on the homepage, enter Blitzen in the December 12 reindeer name entry, and you've got five free entries. Get down there and enter because the contest is going to wrap up next week Saturday when we announce the winner. All right, whatever you do today, make sure paint's a part of it. Have a good one. I'm Dan Hansen. Thanks for listening. 